0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. All right, Dean, if I say to you the phrase, one size fits all, okay. is that actually true for anything? Do you I, think there's anything? Uh, no. Maybe like a hat? I mean, I, I was going to go there. I was going to go with a hat, but, I, but I've had instances where
1: the one size, no, it doesn't yeah, fit all. Yeah, I because
0: mean, they do a lot of fitted hats now, but I yeah. guess there's a lot of flexible ones. and uh, you can. Yeah, okay. a, maybe a good rain poncho? <laughs> Those are usually pretty <laughs> big anyway to kind of fit any size. The size, size of you know? a garbage bag, yeah, you know. Exactly. Like this. So yeah,
1: it'll fit just about everybody. <laughs> I would think that's not a, <laughs> that's, It's that's, still a bold claim. That's, One that's size true. fits
0: all. Yeah, it's it's really a, it's bold a hard to find any two people that are precisely yeah. from alike. petite to really big. I mean, come on. Yeah, and right? I imagine it's kind of the same thing for a business too. You no, know, two oh. businesses are exactly the same. Well, oh, this is true. I yeah. mean, even like a franchise. Like if you can go into two different McDonald's in there. Fair. I mean, they may have the same menu, but they're yeah. not going to be exactly no, the same. They're not going to be the same. They're yeah. not going to have the same needs, right? Yeah, true, true. Right, well, that's leading into our conversation. Uh, okay. We're, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about this idea of of point of sale in particular. Aha! Uh-huh. And some misconceptions that we might hear sometime. Mm. The time where folks seem to think like you know, well, one point of sale is as good as any other, right? Yeah, you know? right, 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 right. If I find one that you know works and that is the right price point for me, I can just cram it in. Shove it in there and and it'll work, right? (laughs) And look, it fits. Yeah, exactly. And let's be honest, we know know that's not the case. I think most of our bars know that's not the case. But, you know, we kind of want to talk about maybe like pitching that to the end users, because mm. some of them may not understand that they, they may don't. not know why you're pitching them they one don't. certain type yeah. over another. So, you think they can just go somewhere and off the shelf. Bing, bye yeah, bye. Exactly. So, we have Josh Wintoniak from AutoStar joining us today. Yep. He's going to help us dive in this conversation. He's a good guy. We're, yep. we're going to talk about you know his time in the industry, what has changed about mm. POS, especially why it's becoming more important than ever to have them as specific and customized yes, as possible. Yes, yes. We're going to talk about that true one size fits all. What does that really mean? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, is that even possible mm-hmm, at all? Mm-hmm. We're going to get into, you know, retailers that benefit from specific types of point of sale and why, you okay. know, why they might need something very specific. Uh-ha. And we'll also let AutoStar, you know, talk a little bit about their expertise and got you know, it. how yeah. they fit into Good this stuff. and and go, you know, go in with a customer specific approach too. Fair so, enough. There you go. I think we're going to like cover it. some yeah. stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got it. Uh, all that plus our usual value to the VAR. What's tech connecting with us it's time to plug in and get connected
2: welcome to the tech
1: connect podcast it's time to get connected
0: I mentioned our guest today is Josh Wintoniak. He is the sales manager for Autostar CompuSystems. Uh, we've done a webinar with him in the past, so Ooh, I, yeah, I, I recommend good. go to the show notes. I'll drop a link in there to that webinar mm. if you want to learn more about what they offer and, 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 and you know some of the, again, the not one-size-fits-all <laughs> attitude about point-of-sale here. So, right. Josh, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about your background. I believe you've kind of been in this industry for a while, and, and what's your day-to-day like at Autostar?
2: Yeah, thanks for, for having me. Uh, excited to be in the the Tech Connect podcast and, and be on this side of the uh, this side of the recording. Um, long time, long time listener, big fan. So it's great to be in. Um, so I've been uh, with AutoStar uh, for actually just at my nineteenth anniversary. Um, you can I guess you can count the gray hairs uh, starting to, <laughs> to sprout to to count to count those years as you you go back. But um, you know I, I manage our sales channel all across North America um selling some to end users in in Canada but primarily sort uh, uh serving and supporting our reseller channel you know uh, throughout Canada throughout the U.S. And, and down through the the Caribbean um I like to tell the story of you know, who who Autostar is real briefly as well because people hear that name Autostar and they're like what what is what is this, is this a, a car is this a car thing <laughs> um you know way back in the day when I started with uh with uh, AutoStar, I was on the, the the tech side of things and taking support calls. And I once had somebody give me a call asking me if I could unlock their truck because they thought we were on Star. <laughs> and I was I was very very tempted to mess with them a little bit, but I I, I did I did correct them. But oh uh, yeah, uh, hey, I'm sending them the code right now.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: that's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, but AutoStar, we've been uh, been in business for actually forty years now, um, and it's kind of a cool story. It's uh, a couple brothers. Owned a Honda car dealership in little Alberta, Canada. And they uh, contracted somebody back in 1980 to um, write some software to control their parts inventory, right? That person skipped town and they thought, well, how hard can this programming be? You know, back in 1980, it was probably pretty close to being a mechanic, which these two brothers uh, were. They were each mechanics. Picked up a book, learned how to program, and wrote some really cool inventory optimization and suggested ordering software for their, their parts department. Uh, time went by. They started selling that to a couple auto dealerships for a couple of years. Still had the had the uh, Honda car dealership. And one of the first customers that ever bought a car from them uh, actually was a partner in a small pharmacy chain. And they said, hey, if you could put a cash register on the front of this thing, this would be really cool. We'd, we'd really have something. Um, back in the day, it literally was an old, I think, IBM uh, cash register that they, they added. But that was our foray. That got us into sort of point of sale. We quickly got rid of the, uh, the car dealership and it was, you know, full, full speed ahead into pharmacy, grocery health and other, other retail verticals at that point.
1: I think it's safe to say that Autostar has been around for a yeah, little while, yeah, right? Yeah. Like from the very, very beginning. And then c- connecting the dots, though, between uh, inventory for an auto part or whatever, auto dealership, and a pharmacy, yeah, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, but yeah. hey,
0: yeah. you know, you're just tracking assets at I that point. I love those stories, though, where yeah, somebody that's like, awesome. hey, we, we started off doing something in one area and yeah. figured out <laughs> a way that we yeah. could go in a completely different <laughs> direction and yet still work. I love those. That's, all, that's always that's a, a great, great story. story, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, then let's let's get into this conversation. You know, and, and again, you know, I, I I would assume that most of our bars understand that you know point of sale is. There's differentiation, and mm-hmm, that it's, mm-hmm. you know it's not a one size fits all thing. But mm. I suspect a lot of their end users don't necessarily know their customers. I think, yeah, right? Well, probably when it's time for them to look for you know a point of sale, if they go out and just Google something, they're gonna find all of the top name brands, mm. you know, and mm. and maybe some of those might be fine for them. But I think we all kind of know that what makes a good solution is understanding the customer themselves and, and this what, is true and, and what they're there with. So this is true, but let's start off with a, a little backstory though, because, you know, again, you've been in this industry for almost 20 years now. So how much has point of sale changed in your time in this industry? I mean, I can, if I back up 20 years, I was still working in retail at a bookstore mm-hmm. and I know that my point of sale, I've mentioned this before was nowhere near what we see now. It's just no, a right. small little screen with green <laughs> lettering on it and giant <laughs> bulky machine and cash drawer and a, you know, basically a typewriter on top Fam of it, practically. Running. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was not not what you see these days. So, what have, what have you seen in your time?
2: Yeah, actually, I really liked the old dot matrix printers back when I was at retail as well. I kind of like folding them and ripping the tabs off of, off of those printouts and, and whatnot. But um, you know, the, the, the core is still the same, right? We're trying to help these retailers manage their business better save them time, help them make money, help them uh, manage their, their business more effectively. So all of that, like the cores are, are still the same, right? We're still trying to help them run their, run their business. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things, though, have changed is I think we've all been really challenged um, and maybe kept honest by a lot of the, uh, the VC-funded uh, POS, you know, cloud-based solutions that have, have come on the market really, really cheap, know easy to download and just install and start using on on your own and i think all of that has um, you know really made us go back and look at the way we were doing things to say well how do we how do we make things easier right how do we make sure there's like a real roi on on what we're doing Um, back in the day you know you would have done a a big presentation on this solution you would have laid out a huge proposal you would have had you know a a 90 day project plan kind of getting everything ready to go We'd travel on site and there'd be like a pre-install the post. install so it'd be a, a really uh, big production. And, you know, when people start questioning, saying, well, I can just sign up for this cloud-based one. And it was near pretty much free. Um, that challenged us to go back and look at the way we were doing things and saying, well, can we make it easier, right? Can we make sure that we still provide the value, the specialization that we, we have? But um, do we need to fly someone out? Do we need to have this, you know, real proprietary um, you know, sort of, again, that, trying to shove that one size fits all uh, equipment into into uh, a retailer space. Um, and it's kind of forced us to be more flexible and really, again, make sure that we're easier to work with. So I think that's, that was a huge challenge for us. Obviously, um, you know, COVID also um, made us more efficient. So again, maybe not traveling uh, on site to have someone doing, uh, doing all of the training, You know, building up a lot of online resources, again, just trying to make things really a whole lot easier for the, the retailers that we that we work with.
1: I think the industry has changed uh, quite a bit, and I like the angle that you're going down there, Josh, and and mentioning you know the VC based or the mm-hmm. cloud based because very disruptive in the oh, whole yeah. POS ecosystem. Um, you know the economic model has changed. It, it, whereas now you have resellers and ISVs like Josh that are trying to compete with the free or what is really nothing's free, right? <laughs> right right <laughs> at yeah. the end of the road, premium is not that what you? Used but to call yeah, those but they're apps, still yeah. walking in. They still have to our resellers still have to compete mm-hmm. with this, right? And right. they have to just. Dis- The fact that it's not really free, you're paying for it either on the payment side, right, where they're taking a a portion Mm -hmm. of of those proceeds, if you will, if you want to call them proceeds or that percentage, Uh, you know, there's a cost associated to all these things. And they do try to jam in. Well, you know, forget about the customization. You know, you get this free Almost what you need, kind of a thing, right? And right. then, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, and you don't have to pay for it. But I, I, I like where you're going. I think that the the part of the, the reason why the market has remained healthy on the on the reseller side is your ability to become flexible, uh, yet at the same time specialize. I mean, I love the way that AutoStar really kind of you guys focus in on grocery and pharmacy. There's a couple things that you know, they do really, really well. And I think resellers uh, understand that as well, right? We got to get really, really good at these certain things. Uh, so they can modify to what's changed in the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, think about some of the other things that are changing now. Self-checkout, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of these things that I was reading on an article that uh, is on the Autostar uh, site. The demand for self-checkout has gone up 42% uh, in 2021 alone. So, you know, the ability to be able to provide that integration, if you want, if you want to go to a self-checkout or um, those types of things, you know, I think resellers obviously are going to win there, and but you got to change to the, the way that POS has changed, right, right? And that's one of the ways too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: completely agree. Yeah, I got nothing <laughs> else to add on that because I, I, it's you're right. There's just there's been enough change over time, and and I think you know again, yeah, that that whole idea of the the VC driven, the again, like I said, if you if you go and Google for a POS, like if mm. you're saying like I want a restaurant point of sale, and you mm-hmm. Google it. You're going to get like seven ads that are going to show up first. They four, are, and yeah. they're going to be for exactly those for those those free, simple, quick. And I'm not saying those are that they're all bad. No, right. And they may not be they useful. They serve a purpose somewhere. Yes, but yes, again, absolutely. if if you're look, and maybe if you're just starting up and you need to the cheapest, quickest thing you can, that's fine. But at some point, and that's where we'll get to next year. There's going to be probably some problems if you're yeah. if you're not trying to look for a solution that's specialized to you and your business and your mm-hmm. situation. So well, Josh, I think it, talk I think about- it also yeah, forced
2: us like not to take the customer for granted, where they would say, Oh, your grocery store. Great. You can just take our solution. This is what you need. It, it, they, they demanded more. They had better questions for us and it had us it forced us to go back and really look at okay, well, what is our actual value proposition? Like what are we actually doing uh, for these, you know, for this grocery store, for this pharmacy? Um, so we could really show that ROI, why they should go for a solution that is more specialized, more tailored to to their industry, right?
1: And I think you guys have done that really well. Let's dive in there a little bit because you actually come from back of house. I've just come to learn that you, you were in the back, you know, in the inventory side, but, you know, as opposed to the front of house. And I think that's really important, right, is to have that holistic kind of solution uh, analogous to what you guys have. So w- let's talk about the back of the house and some of the things that you do kind of unique back there there's there's two terms that you had on your on your site that i like to kind of dive into the replenishment purchasing part and then the scientific purchasing so i guess you guys are so specialized you're even starting to get into some of the ai if i could use that or it's just you know manipulate or looking at the data and analyzing the data but to your point josh in order to be specialized, you gotta kind of understand what the customer's needs are and then build a solution around that. Uh, and I think your use case here is is a really good one. Can you dive in a little bit more about how you guys approach that or, you know, the back of the house too?
2: Yeah, yeah. And it comes from, uh, you know, again, going back to, you know, sort of the roots of Autostar as more of an inventory management and optimization company, right, for the first few years of, the, of our, our life. Um, where we really focused on that, that back of house, managing the inventory, making sure that uh, retailers making smart purchases, um, you know, making sure they've got the right product on the shelf at the, at the right time. It also comes from having some you know, real hardcore nerds uh, on the development side, kind of the, fa- the founders of the company. Um, you know, I heard stories of literally they used to go out with chalkboards uh doing math and showing you know there's a linear regression and showing the statistical analysis of how they come up with why you should order what you should as a as a retailer but uh for us we we were served well by that that we have that as our our core uh so that when we go into you know a pharmacy or a grocery store uh we're not just saying here here's how you can you know track your inventory um you can watch that number go up or down depending on what you're selling or what you're receiving, but actually using uh, more sophisticated algorithms to look at a number of different factors to try to you know, help optimize that inventory. Um, looking at things like seasonality, lead time from suppliers, next order date, obviously sales history, applying some smoothing based on sales spikes, all these, again, uh, different factors to try to help retailers really optimize their inventory. Uh, for us, it was, an interesting challenge as well and, and maybe some of the the coaching and training that we did for our our retailers had to change over the last couple of years because we used to really focus on that just-in-time inventory right um, you know it's okay if you've only got a day's supply why tie up your own cash in in, uh, in inventory on the shelf because you're gonna be able to get it in the next day anyways right so you know let your you know lean on your suppliers and have them really help you manage that but um, obviously the supply chain issues and things like that these days um, you know, we've really had to train and sort of toggle some of the settings on our suggested ordering to be more robust, right? Have longer safe more days of safe stock and and those kinds of things. So um, you know, being able to to have a system that's that's flexible to that is is uh, really again served us well. And that's a point of differentiation between us and you know, some of these more entry-level systems where anyone can track inventory going up or down, but it's you know. Uh, how are you actually helping me manage my business, right? That's right,
1: and I think that's the difference. So when I think about how has POS changed over the years, I mean, from an electronic cash drawer that's dumb, you yeah. Know, well, it's yeah. a calculator, so it's smarter than me. But but <laughs> but you know you know there's no. It's just put in the sale and then right. it registers the sale to the sophistication of where we're at with with a you know people like AutoStar who can really kind of dive in, tweak the the programming to custom fit, right? You know a a particular solution, yeah. That's yeah. where that's where we're at today. Yeah, I, I agree. Think, you know.
0: And I, I think we're kind of hinting at this already, but let's let's talk about these generic systems. Yeah, right. And again, if someone says, fine, I'm gonna download the, oh, first the one thing size I find, fits all? Yeah, one? I'm gonna yeah. I'm just gonna squeeze this in. It's got it seems to have what I need. I'm gonna push this in there. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what can go wrong there. Like what do you see when you are talking to someone who has maybe done that or is considering that. How do you approach that from a, well, does it, does it do this X, Y, or Z? Like what's, what, what probably will go wrong in the business if that's the model they choose to pick just whatever the, the first simple, cheap thing to download is.
2: Yeah. So, so we've lived it. Right. And I mean, when people call me and they say, oh, well, I can get this one online for free. I said, well, I mean, you could also use a cigar box, right? Like that is a, <laughs> a way to track the money coming in. Right. And that, that is, that is definitely an option for you. Um, but again, we've, we've lived that battle. We we're a pharmacy focused point of sale. And we said, well, how hard can this grocery be? And, uh, we did our first grocery store. This is you know, 25, 30 years ago at this point, 20, 25, 26 years ago, I think at this point. And, uh, you know, got the equipment out there, did the conversion, you know, this is a long time ago. So it was a, quite a big production, um, flew out and, nothing worked properly. We weren't handling the scales correctly. We weren't talking to the deli scales. Uh, Some of the things like around that we do around shelf labels and stuff like that just wasn't working correctly. And we ended up actually failing on that, that install. We had to go back and look and say, well, we thought it was one size fits all right. They're just selling stuff like we do over here. And then we quickly realized and took our lumps and, uh, and had to come back, obviously, you know, uh, reformulate, you know, repurpose. know really focus on that do some new development talk to our customers talk to our partners and uh, uh, what's interesting is um i I, this customer actually called me out of the blue um, a couple years ago and i looked them up in our system and i had like some old notes and uh, i found it was actually that same grocery store ended up coming back and buying our software uh 20 years later and uh they they completely forgot about us luckily because (laughs) we didn't do a very good job the first time um, but I had followed through and found some notes and we ended up, uh, getting them as a customer and, uh, and they're happy today. So, um, it definitely taken those, taken those lumps for sure. Another one actually was, uh, the first time, um, I, this was back when I was on the, the tech team, uh, still doing training and helping our new resellers get onboarded, uh, with us. I w- went down to Trinidad to do our, our first install down there. It's great. It can be a nice sunny place. could be a fun install. And uh, we got on site and we said, well, the, the sales guy at the time didn't properly uh, qualify and, and vet them. And we said, wait a minute, you guys need a VAT tax. They do tax included pricing down there. So I show up on site and they say, oh, well, how do you set up your VAT tax? And I said, what? <laughs> what is this that you need? <laughs> um, so I spent, uh, you know, the better part of a couple of days trying to make this work, trying to get everything uh, going for them. And uh, we ended up having to cut the cut the trip short. I got, you know, a couple days vacation in, in Trinidad before, uh, before heading home because we had to, again, retool, get things cleaned up, making sure that it would actually work for that, for that market. So, you know, that one size fits all just doesn't, we've just been burned, you know, when you've been around for, for as long as we have, we've been burned a couple of times, um, you know, making some of those assumptions. Um, and yeah, we've definitely lived some of those, those challenges.
1: I think stories like that are good. You know, when, when I was in sales, and I, I can just imagine resellers having to combat that. You know, right. uh, somebody walking in with the free or one size fits all, right. and they've got this fantastic list of features and benefits. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and it looks glossy. And mm-hmm. oh, of course, you know, yes, I want all these things. But then you implement it, nah. Oh well, the, oh that doesn't Suddenly work for you. Start you. Wanting,
0: Man, I really need this. Oh, that's yeah. not part of it. Oh, yeah. it'd be nice if I had this. Oh, that's not part of it right. either.
1: Like, right, 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 right. So I, you know, I can just imagine how hard that is to combat it. So it's good to have stories like that yeah. where you can, you know, relate to the yep. to the end user. Hey, this is going to be a bad idea, and this is why. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to be again a trusted advisor to you. Yep, uh, yep. type of thing. Because at the end of the road, everybody needs some customization. I don't care who you are, right. even if you're just a tea shop, you know, on the corner corners store or whatnot, you're going to have a specialization yep. over the grocery store or yeah. the pharmacy
0: or the whatever. Exactly.
1: So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, we know that, but but you really got to kind of play that
0: exactly. Play into that. Yeah, and again, I can harken back to my bookstore days. Like one of mm. the things that's weird about books is for some reason they have their own special number that they use It's called mm. an ISBN, International uh, right. Standard yes. Book Number. Okay. You don't see this in any other industry for any other <laughs> thing. That ISBN <laughs> is specific just to books. Uh-huh. But for some reason, that is the adopted code. I'm, I think it's like a, I think it was either ten or thirteen digits. I don't remember. It's been been far enough back. I've slowly started forgetting this stuff. But you know, it's it's something that's very specific to that industry. So I'm sure probably some of these newer POSs probably account for that potentially. But I could also see that being something where maybe they don't, and maybe like you have to go out and find one that's specific for bookstores right. or something. Yeah. So like it's it's stuff like that where like there's just those little nuances that every different type of retailer, you know, like I think sometimes we have this attitude of retail is just one big thing. Yeah. It's just retail. retail. And not realizing, like, look, <laughs> there are a lot of different types of jewelry stores. You know, yeah, there's exactly. There's yogurt stores. Furniture stores. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's all different kinds, and they all have different needs. They all mm-hmm. have different industry standards. Mm-hmm. They all have different approaches. So I think stuff like that's big. The other one that occurs to me, too, is, like, again – when you're thinking about some of these generic ones, a lot of times a big part of the pitch will be you can use your own device. Oh, right. You, know, you can yeah, use your you. own laptop. You can use yeah. your own tablet. Yeah. You can use your own mobile device or whatever. Like you don't have to go out and buy. And that sounds great. It does until you start doing it right. and realize that <laughs> purpose-built hardware is built for a reason yeah. because yeah. it's meant to withstand the kind of rigors yeah. and time and and usage that you're going to put put it. Why through. do all these notifications keep coming yeah, up on the screen? Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all that stuff. Ooh, that like was built for that. People don't think. And again, I guess if like if you're starting off, you had a small shop and you're just not doing a lot. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not a massive amount of business. Mm-hmm. But if your company wants to grow, if you want to grow this business and get more and more customers. Open up other stores. That kind of st- problems are going to start compounding, and mm-hmm. you're suddenly you're going to find yourself spending so much more money on hardware potentially mm-hmm. to just to run that software, even mm-hmm. though that software isn't supposed to need any specialized hardware. Yeah.
1: That's a really so good It's point. stuff like that that yep. I think that starts yep. starts
0: adding up. That I don't. But that I think people don't think about initially mm-hmm. because they just get you know swayed over by like, hey, this is free, super cheap. And I can just take this iPad I already have and put it on right here and run mm-hmm. my business. Mm-hmm. And it's just not, it's not going to end up being that simple in the it's long not, run. It's not. Nope. So. Nope. Nope. Well, then let's uh, let's talk about you know where this stuff does work though. Like, like I mean I th- again, I think to Dean's point you mentioned earlier, like every business has some kind of special needs, mm-hmm. and customization could easily be done for any business. Again, mm-hmm. I think you could go into <clears throat> four stores. In the same franchise Mm -hmm. and still find enough nuances and differences to make, you know, something a little bit different. Especially regionally, for sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, it could be based on the volume of customer. It could be based on inventory needs, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. There's going to be stuff there. But I know there's also some industries that really do benefit from a specialized POS that's built and meant for them. So talk to us about some of those, Josh. Where do you you go out and see like, hey, you're somebody that definitely can't take a one-size-fits-all approach or not even most sizes that are out there, even you need something that's built and created just for you. What do you, where do you see that?
2: I mean, so there's some of the places that we, that we serve for sure, um, places where there are actual legal requirements. So, you know, obviously if you get into a pharmacy space, they have uh, HIPAA requirements and, you know, patient confidentiality requirements, specific messaging, labeling requirements, you know, little things like a, a, uh, Um, a patient or a customer goes into a pharmacy they have to sign to uh, waive having safety caps on the pill bottle right so these are actual requirements that if you are going to do business you need to satisfy these so um could be that it could be you know maybe in the grocery space with things like weights and measures certifications on on scales um obviously new industries like cannabis you know gun shops places like that liquor stores where you need to like actual legal requirements to like do age verification, right? It's simple things like that that uh, are definitely going to be a place where, you know, uh, right away, you need something that's specialized to to your industry. Not not one size fits all is really going to going to work for you, right?
1: Dive a little bit more into the pharmacy because I think that's that's really an intriguing one. I mm-hmm. uh, just imagine the compliance, you know, issues that a pharmacy faces. I mean, you guys have obviously found a little bit of a niche there. But let's dive in. Is it it just that? Or I was also reading about, you know, inventory here. And and I cannot imagine trying to wrangle inventory for a pharmacy. I mean, you get into replenishment purchasing, suggestive ordering, emergency ordering, I guess, are some Mm -hmm. triggers that are kind of on the back end uh, of your software. But so talk to us a a little bit about how pharmacies are unique and why why that is a specialized type of a thing.
2: Yeah, and that industry has changed uh, quite a bit over the last few years as well. And it's really driven a lot by the, the major uh, drug wholesalers, right? So you've got McKesson, Cardinal, meris and some of the largest uh, actual drugs wholesalers. Um, they're supplying the actual drugs to the back of pharmacy, to hospitals and, and many other areas. And in a lot of cases, they're also supplying the technology that pharmacies need to run their businesses, whether it be the system that the pharmacist is using to actually prescribe drugs, you know, check insurance drug interactions, those kinds of things. But in many cases, uh, they're also supplying the actual point of sale solution as well. So when we look at things like um, some of the more advanced features we have around inventory, I think a lot of that ends up being driven by you know having such um, strong wholesalers that really lean on technology in those markets that can um, you know help serve these pharmacies. So uh, if you go into a health food store, right, just a mom and pop vitamin supplement store, they might deal with, you know, hundreds of suppliers, right? Whereas the pharmacy can deal with one or two, right? And that helps us to actually build solutions that, you know, integrate with the wholesaler for ordering. Um, We can, um, uh, you know, really rely a little bit more on that just-in-time inventory in a lot of those cases as well. Um, so, in a place like like pharmacy, when we look at inventory management, I think the fact that it's it's such a consolidated industry, it really has these you know large billion dollar companies that are driving you know the the actual drug uh sales um that's allowed us to kind of like build some of this technology um uh, as well for sure
1: so it it is an opportunity like if a reseller it wasn't really playing in the, the pharmaceutical or health space, uh, health supplement kind of space, cause you see those pop up mm-hmm. all over the place mm-hmm. too. Uh, there's a play here, right? If they contact you and they've got an opportunity there, there's something that they, they could do.
2: So it's real challenging for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, uh, I don't know if I would, if, if I would get into pharmacy today, frankly, if, uh, That's if fair. we were starting to That's start- why I'm asking. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we, uh, a few years back, uh, we looked at the Australian pharmacy market very similar to north america you've got a dispensary system in the back you've got a pharmacy POS system in the front big wholesalers they've got laws that require sites be independently owned as well so we thought this is great we're going to go in there um, and do really well with what we've have uh, across north america but then we looked at it and said well once we started to go in there we realized well the same reason why we are so ex- successful where we are because we built all of these integrations we have these long standing relationships with group all of this specialization that is such a barrier for us to get into you know, to, to go into another market even if that market looks and feels very much the same as uh, as ours so that would be a real tough market to get into uh, certainly resellers would be able to supply some of the technology they need around you know 2D scanners and um certainly uh label printers in the uh the back of the pharmacy uh medical grade equipment as well things that can be cleaned properly if you're getting into the institutional space there's definitely a play for uh for resellers there but on the pharmacy pos side of things that would be uh that would be a stretch to to get into if it was me starting from uh from scratch for sure and actually to take that a step further um a lot of these you know uh, wholesalers or you know uh, pharmacy technology companies have started offering legitimately free pharmacy pos that's what you just because, mentioned yeah right yeah because again all they're trying to do is get kind of that that back of house uh prescription driving machine that drug selling machine going right uh, so if they need to you know have offer technology for free or or near free then uh, it makes sense for them so Gotcha. Yep. Yep.
0: yep. Interesting. Man, that's that's got to be tough because, you know, it's one thing to have to go up against other potential competitors in your own space or just mm-hmm. the the random point of sale competitors that are out there. But then if you're going up against the companies who are already <laughs> deeply <laughs> embedded with that industry because they're yeah. supplying something else yeah. and decided on the side hustle, you know, like, hey, yeah. you know what? We can actually supply something else X, Y, Z to you for right. free there yeah. as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm familiar yeah, people with don't, people
2: I... don't realize, like, like yeah, like McKesson as a drug wholesaler is you know billion dollar technology right. company by themselves, right? Yeah, right. Just just the technology aspect of of what they do. So yeah, it is a really interesting industry, and it is very. Very specialized, very, very niche for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe that's an example yeah. of where, you know, getting, getting super customized and niche can actually become a little bit of an issue right? because <laughs> somebody <laughs> might be able to capture that market by just getting so ingrained and so good at that, uh, that specific
2: market. This, so, is, true. this we're, is true. We're seeing a whole lot more. Yeah, we're definitely seeing more opportunity when it comes to the, uh, the grocery, grocery space, yeah. right? Place where things are a little bit more fragmented. Um, a space where you used to have a separate POS, separate back office, separate loyalty program, separate label program, you know, a different enterprise or, or head office system. Right. So if you can have a, a single uh, seamless solution, that's where, you know, where, where we've definitely been seeing a lot more success for sure.
1: And, and that's a market that specializes. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of ethnic groceries around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. my house and stuff like that. They're popping up all over the place. It, 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 did COVID taught us one thing, like how to
0: cook, right? right how yeah, to get back exactly. into the yeah. co- kitchen right, and right. start
1: cooking again. So you're starting to see all these specialty yeah, markets. Grocery stores
0: that. were not necessarily hurt too badly by it. No, uh, right. You can maybe get people in, but as long as you can find a way to get people groceries, <laughs> people needed them, you know, because they weren't going out the restaurants. That's but
1: true. their their needs are unique, right? Yeah. I mean, they've got unique inventory exactly. needs. Uh, there's the omni channel that's kind of creeping into that space. You know, buy online, yeah. go ahead and pick up, up on store. Yep. Yep. I mean, even the small grocers
0: are are having to deal with that those kind of trends right? We're starting yeah. to see like DoorDash and some yeah, oh, of these right. other yeah, you know absolutely. delivery services for restaurants that are now offering pickup from grocery. your local yeah. you know local pharmacy, local mm-hmm, grocery like mm-hmm. and it's a lot of the smaller stores that are that are doing that too now yeah, so yeah, yeah.
2: it's definitely an area that we've been challenged with as well as have we looked you? at it and said well if we're going to go in and offer an e-commerce solution to a grocery store, well it can't just be the regular you know sort of Shopify moving boxes one right because a grocery store they have Produce right. If I order, if I buy that steak online, and I said, give me a you know whatever one pound steak, it ends up being 1.2, right? Like there's there's different ways that you need to manage that. When you go and pick those orders, what are you going to do with all of that stuff that needs to be in a freezer, all right? So we've had to develop specialized solutions around e-commerce and partner with other companies actually that that offer those more specialized um, e-commerce solutions that you know again are more niche focused to to the grocery than uh, grocery vertical right
0: and i think going back to your earlier point about the idea that if you walk into a place that has all these disparate systems that are doing different parts of the business mm-hmm. one for the you know the actual checkout one for the back of the house one for inventory one for pricing, loyalty, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're seeing that, that should be, that's right there. As a, it can be a golden opportunity. That's that's the kind of customer I'd walk into and say, hey, hey. let's talk about yeah. how we can you know, put all this together in mm-hmm. one system where it's all tied together. Mm-hmm. They all talk to each other that when someone is, you know, making their purchase, it's talking to the inventory. It's talking to the folks in the back of the house to restock the shelf. It's applying points to their loyalty program. It's allowing you to do price changes on the fly if that's something you need to do. Because you, you get some of these businesses that like have very variable pricing that can maybe shift, you know, throughout a week or even throughout the day or something. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of stuff you need to be able to make those updates happen as quick as possible. So, yep. I think yeah, I think that's that's the, to me that would be like it's you know rather than say like hey, there's an exact perfect industry to go find this kind of opportunity it's the ones where you walk in and find them that they have so many different things going on that are all disconnected. And there's a great opportunity for you to put it all together. Because ultimately that's what we're always, we're always trying to accomplish yeah. and wanting to do Bring is, efficiencies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. How do yeah, we bring yeah, yeah. efficiencies yep. by making sure that all these different systems you have mm-hmm. are all at least some way connecting and speaking to each other, or ideally replacing them with a system that was already interconnected from the beginning. Yeah, that's so, fair. Yeah. Yep. And let's,
2: it's been an opportunity for our resellers for sure. Right. It's now, you know, pandemic happened, obviously they had to start offering delivery or e-commerce solutions. Now there's been a huge drive uh, for, you know, things like electronic shelf labels or self-checkout. And, you know, when you look at, you know, the grocery space and other retail verticals as well is, um, you know, if all you focused on was just the POS, right, you're really missing out. You have a relationship with that customer. You're a trusted advisor already, you know, their business, you know, how can you offer, you know, these add-on or incremental solutions that, you know, helps the business obviously helps you as a, as a reseller as well.
0: Bingo. Definitely. There you go. Well then let's tell us a little more about AutoStar's approach to all this. I think you've kind of hinted at a lot of that and you've told a lot of stories about what you guys do and the approaches you take and what has and hasn't worked. But what is it like for you when, you know, when someone calls you in and said, Hey, I'm interested in a new point of sale system. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. I've got all this other stuff I'm looking at that tells me that it's free or (laughs) these other people over here that are telling me they can do something like it's, they can jam it in it was meant for this other business but they can shove it in here what's what's your at Autostar's, approach to that when you go to meet a customer that that needs a solution and maybe has some specific needs how do you how do you approach that?
2: Yeah I mean when I'm when I'm talking to a, a retailer directly um, and it's it's a market that'm I'm, I'm very familiar with like grocery or pharmacy you know, I usually try to combat a lot of that by, by asking questions right and say well how are you going to manage this or how do you do this you know uh, how important is this this to your business? Um, And then that's when they almost start to lead themselves to realize, oh, well, the other guys didn't ask me any of that. I didn't realize that was something that should be important. Um, But I don't I don't know any, you know, I'm I'm certainly not an expert in, in every market. I don't know everything that these retailers need. So we really look to lean on our our local and regional resellers. Right. Because. They know their local market a whole lot better than than I do, certainly, and they know those questions to to ask, right? And then we have a process for gathering that feedback from our dealers to make sure that we're satisfying what the what the market needs and that they have the tools that they need to sell and be be successful. But um, for me, it's really it's asking those kinds of questions to really drive the, the merchant to you know come to that realization. You don't if someone calls you and says, "Hey, this looks really cool. It's on a tablet. I think I'd like to go with this." What do you have? And you say, "Wow, that's stupid. Why would you get an iPad?" Right? What's the response that you're going to get? Right? Um, so I think you know, working with them as an advisor and saying, "Well, that's totally fine if you go with that. You know, I'll, I'm happy to help you out. You know, I've got a lot of experience in this industry. Um, let me ask you a couple of questions, and maybe I can point you in the right direction, even if it's not with us." And more often than not, they end up uh, coming back and saying. You know, you you answered all of our questions. It was really great to work with you. I think we, you know, we see the value now of of working with you. And again, that's what our resellers look to do as well.
1: And do you find yourself being able to customize around some of that? I mean, I love the fact that as an ISV, you're looking for the feedback from your dealers, right? If they're in a deal, they're working a deal. Hey, by the way, we need this one little feature or something like that. Uh, is that something that you guys can facilitate as well?
2: Yeah. So I mean, we certainly do a ton of custom development. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're we're doing that all the time we have a process an ongoing uh, process of collecting feedback from our our resellers and from our merchants um you know they're actively looking at development through scheduled webinars to to provide that feedback and making sure that we're really you know keeping our finger on the pulse of of, of what's needed um so that's that's definitely a part of it um, the fact that this you know our, our windows-based solution anyways has been around for for many years at this point and it's constantly being updated so I don't want to say that we can do everything, and we've thought of thought of everything. Um, but if someone says, "Hey, I'd like to run this kind of promotion," right? It's like it's a good chance we've seen it somewhere, right? Or something similar to that, right? Um, both from the the software side, but then also from like the the technical support side. A company that's been around the block for a while. Our a lot of our staff have been around for a long time as well. They have some of these these gray hairs that I, I <laughs> mentioned. And uh, but what that means is they've probably been asked that question before, right? And say, well, this is how these this other store did it. Would that work for you, right? Uh, having that that kind of experience for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm.
1: And I see. I think mm-hmm. that's why having a good software company like AutoStar on your side uh, is going to be able to enable that, right? Because right, everybody right. needs a little bit or the knowledge base uh, that that Josh was oh, just yeah. talking about. These are key things to help your business grow. Yep. Yep. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. All right, well, hey, before we wrap up here by talking a little bit maybe more about the hardware side yes. of things and, and where that differentiation and not one size fits all can fit <laughs> in the picture here, uh, let's take a brief moment as always to thank uh, our sponsors. We appreciate all of the vendors that support Blue Star's Tech Connect program in yep. general, which supports us indirectly as well. And then just those that support the podcast also and reach out and provide us with some, some guests and yep. some talking points and things to discuss. We appreciate your mm-hmm. support. Of course, as always we need to hear feedback from you, the listener viewer, however you're consuming this podcast. if you're listening to the audio only version, if you're a, you know someone that likes just to pipe it in your ears while you're busy doing stuff, that's me I'm the I'm the guy. If there's an opportunity for me to stick earbuds in my ears and listen to a podcast it? Yeah. I'm doing mm-hmm. it, yeah. yep uh, so if, if that's who you are, take a brief moment, pull your phone out of your pocket or get on your laptop or tablet, whatever it is you're listening on. Open up your podcaster of choice, Yep, and if there's an opportunity in there to leave a rating or review, just do it. Yeah, there you go. Seriously, just right now, just for us. (laughs) And maybe try that out for like some of your other favorite podcasts from time to time. It's a great way to let folks know that you like them. It's a great way to help spread the word. Word, yes. The more ratings, more more reviews, the more it gets pushed up charts and Mm -hmm. gets recommended to people. So... We'd love to see that. I'd love to, I'd love to get some of those reviews and read some of them on air sometimes. So mm-hmm. uh, don't hesitate to do that. Of course, you can also, you know, on YouTube, you can hit like, subscribe, leave comments for us. And, uh, and, and hey, we talk about this all the time. We need to know what you want to hear about That's on the show. Right. Be our dealer. I'm happy like to you're... come up with random topics. Yeah, give us the feedback. Dealer. There you go. Give us the feedback. I, I, you know, <laughs> we can find <laughs> random stuff to talk about anytime. time, but if you're tired of the random stuff we're coming up with <laughs> and you want a specific topic for us to yeah, talk about, yeah, 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 yeah. in the show notes there is always a link to a quick little website where all you got to do is put in your name, your email, and say, hey, this is what I want to hear you guys talk about on the show. This is a topic I would recommend for you. Even if we don't use it, and most likely we're going to find a way to use yeah, it if we can. We'll leave it in somewhere. We're interested in these topics. Ti- Absolutely. You guys want to hear about, yeah. but we will send you a Tech Connect podcast T-shirt just for leaving us one of those. That is soft and, and wonderful. What did you call it? Soft and wonderful it? is something like that's, that. Yeah. That's officially what it is. It's the the official soft <laughs> and wonderful Tech Connect podcast T-shirt. <laughs> Uh, Do we have to pay Jody for saying that now? We probably will, yeah. 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 Did you trademark that probably? Yeah. 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 Uh, And of course, if you need to stay in touch with us and keep connected with us, you can always email us, techconnectedbluestarinc.com, or find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. All right, let's wrap things up here. First of all, with our value of the bar, and I hinted at it a moment ago, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the hardware side all of right, things. All right, sir. think a lot of our angle here has been point of sale software yes, and yes. maybe overall Features solutions. and functionality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. obviously, you know, the hardware side of things, there can be some, some specificity oh, yeah. and some customization needs there and business specific needs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's again, not a one size fits all proposition for nope. what kind of hardware you need. So talk to us a little bit more about that, Josh, where do you see opportunities to, to kind of dictate, you know, specified hardware when you're having the, dealing with these opportunities?
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and we don't, you know, we don't sell hardware. We look to partner with the, the best of breed solutions that are out there, you know, connect with, uh, with some of those companies through, through Blue Star and, and other ways as well. Um, And, you know, we look to partner with Best of Breed Solutions in in each of the vertical markets that we go after. So it may have been, uh, we were in New York at the NRF show this year with HP. They invited us in our booth to uh, show off this new purpose-built retail self-checkout. Very different than what you would have in a grocery environment, right? Uh, We've also recently become a, a Toshiba partner, and we have a Convertible self checkout now it can be used as a regular self checkout or regular checkout um, with the full you know staff attended there. You can hit a button and move it into uh, an unattended self checkout mode as well. So really, you know, purpose built solutions for specific industries um, are are super important or just just required. I mean, um, you know, I I drive a, a Mini Cooper and if I need to move some some lumber, I mean, that's not going to get the job done me, right. <laughs> so. I mean, I can move the seats down. There's quite a bit of space in the back, actually, when you when you fold the fold those seats down. But you know, you need a truck. You need something that's that's made to do the job properly, right? And, uh, and that's if we're making a recommendation to our customers, if we're certifying on specific hardware, you know, we need to make sure that it's going to do the job for them. We're we're kind of implicitly vouching for it when we when we do that, right? So we need to make sure that's purpose built for their industry and it's going to do the do the job.
1: I'll throw on the table aesthetics, right? We're seeing a lot more interest in like enclosures, pole mounts, those types of things, because the look, you know, we we talk about the shopper experience, and if you, there are no such things as just generic stores anymore. Anything that's opening has a look, has a feel, and, and so the aesthetics are very important. You and can't just
0: drop some random <laughs> cash drawer and a monitor in some place you know, that totally is completely opposite of the no, design of yeah, the rest I of the place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: you know, you but you got to probe on that front. Right. Because right. even the small ma and pa's want to differentiate themselves. Have They're, they're sensitive to customer yeah. experience, too. So the hardware, the mounting, all those things
0: come into play. Yeah. 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 That's and exactly that's the kind of stuff I think about, too. And it goes back to what you were mentioning earlier, this idea of being consultative and asking mm-hmm. some questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things like hey do you do you routinely have people buying large items that maybe a wire just you know a wire barcode scanner is not going to help because you need to have right. a, a free scanner that you can pop out and walk around the counter and scan something you know yep. like it, it's that kind of stuff those little yep. details yep. that maybe they don't think about especially if mm-hmm. you're you're working with someone that's just starting their business mm-hmm. or just yeah, they got their mind upgrade. on other stuff, not not mind yeah, exactly. busting that's, that's helping, where Yeah, right? that's exactly yeah. where it's your opportunity to ask questions. Like, hey, do you frequently have like super long lines mm-hmm. where it'd be helpful to have a mobile point of sale that you could send out and ring mm-hmm. somebody up or ring them out up out on the floor and mm-hmm. let them get on to mm-hmm. their day? Yep, it's those little kind of things where I think if you you know in my mind you know I've never done this or been in this you know that that role, but I would walk into these stores and spend some time looking around, be a shopper yourself for a few minutes. And just what is the experience for me as a shopper mm-hmm. and what could be better about it from a perspective of me deciding I want to purchase something yeah, or from a technology. needing help on yep. the floor mm-hmm. or identifying where stuff is or whatever. And wherever you see things that would challenge you as a customer, hey, guess what? That's what their customers, the rest of their customers are seeing also. And it's easily stuff you can point out. And again, from some you know point of experience, hey, you know what? When I was buying this giant box, the person at the counter had to... Yank on the cord to get it over top. I had to bend it a certain way and just about broke my back just to try to you know yeah. put this up here to get scanned. Wouldn't a
2: wireless scanner be yeah, so much? Yeah, perfect, more perfect opportunity. Exactly. Like, hey,
0: you know what? There's a very simple fix for that. You know, <laughs> yeah.
2: So and there's never been uh, there's never been better options than there are now from yeah, a lot of our, yeah. our partners. Right, having uh, whether it be a convertible point of sale or you know a tablet mounted, uh, fixed mounted, but then can be taken in to do line busting or curbside delivery. You know those kinds of things. So. You know, we work with the folks that like Touch Dynamic, for instance. You have your all-in-one POS sitting there, but then you can also pick that 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 tablet basically off the stand, go and do your work out in the aisle. You know, drop it back in place. So, you know, certainly for us as, as software developers, there's a lot of tools in the toolbox now that uh, that we can look at. And you know, again, that's why we you know work with companies like Blue Star is connecting the dots with a lot of those those pieces, right? And and learning about some of the different hardware platforms that are out there that can help enable what we're trying to do here, right?
0: That's what I was just gonna say. It's gotta be exciting for you as as software developers to be able to say, hey, I can build in even more flexibility in what I'm doing here because the hardware is finally caught up, you know, like I, I know I can make something that is meant to be mobile because now we've got these, these mobile offerings or something that's, you know, meant for this specific, specific type of self-service station, because now we've got those options out there. That's gotta be exciting for you guys too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I think it's a change of mindset as well. And and it is a challenge certainly for developers to, to think about that differently. Right. Is we used to just say, well, if we're going to make the software, it works fine on my desktop computer sitting in my office with my mouse and keyboard, right? And that's how the te- they're sitting there using it that way. But um, realizing that, you know, the two are paired together, right? The hardware, software is part of like, sort of the whole experience and starting to be creative around what we're developing, what we're creating, and not just saying, well, that's the hardware side. Someone else will take care of that, right? But you know, having something that's developed for a specific platform, for a specific use, um, using some of, you know, this new technology, right?
0: All right. Hey, let's wrap up as always with our favorite fun oh, segment yes. of the week. What's tech connecting yes, with you? sir. This is where we get to chat about something in the world of science, tech, or innovation, not. business, whatever. <laughs> something that has got us excited, something that's got us terrified for the world yes, to be,
2: whatever yes, it might be. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Uh, Josh, we'll let you start here. What's tech connecting with you right now?
2: Sure, and I, you know this might be one you guys have have talked about before, but uh, I don't know if you guys have started playing around with this uh, Chat GPT. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, the first time I, I typed in a question, I was like, I was just gobsmacked by uh, how well it it did. And I know we see some funny stuff online now, and maybe the the, the Bing chat bot that because you know wants to maybe take over the world or whatever right, it wants. Right. But, um i did a couple or breakup put, families whatever yeah, yeah. Breakup family. i saw that one yeah yeah i saw that one as well um but i mean i typed in the you know um i had my wife beside me and i said hey let's try this thing out and i typed in like write a story about like these two people and it, like basically wrote you know i recently got married wrote our love story kind of thing and i was like this is amazing and, like wrote a whole story but then that's kind of fun to do but then the next thing i typed in was write me a 1500 word blog post on the benefits of electronic shelf labels and point of sale. And it, it wrote my blog post, right? Like it, it, it wrote the whole thing and it was pretty much done. Right. So, you know, for us, I think thinking about like, what are some applications for that kind of technology? Is it the merchant saying, Hey, find me the best point of sale reseller near me or saying, you know, write me a loyalty, um, a loyalty promotion, uh, including, you know, pitch email and everything it'll do. It can do that for you. I've tried it. It it, it can absolutely do that. And, you know, how can, how can we leverage some of that technology to, again, just make things easier for, for, uh, for the retailer and obviously for our resellers as well, but really, really cool. I know it sounds seems like a toy, but oh, uh, no,
0: it's not. No, it's not. we've been talking about I it. I say in we, fact. It, we literally just recorded a podcast this morning about this yeah. very topic. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It'll <laughs> be. Not, for, it was for, the week before I'll this say, one. For, yeah, for yeah. those listening, it was literally last week's okay. episode that we just had this conversation. But y- y- yes. To oh, your point, you're you're it's, dead on. It's blowing up right now. That's yeah. why we had to talk about it because yeah. it's all anyone has been talking about, especially right. in the marketing side. Because we're things, trying to figure out how
1: what are the use cases. You just came up with a couple other ones josh go, that yeah i wasn't
0: even thinking about yeah. you know uh that are the, use case. yeah if you need, if stuff. you're someone maybe that needs to have your vowels written or something and you're not good at that sort of thing yeah. All right GPT yep. could probably help you with it so. <laughs> every, you everything's
2: everything's kind of like that where it seems like a toy at right. first right. right and you're like well this is kind of neat like what's this internet thing why would i use that until it takes right. over the world <laughs> that's, right. that's yeah, right and then exactly. and then eventually you know companies to catch up and, yep, yep. And, uh, and users catch up and we realize what we can actually do with this thing. And so it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, More importantly,
0: someone figures out how to make some money off of it. That's, <laughs> that's usually where we find out where it makes that pivot. So. Well, I got two tech connections right, with me
1: and one of them is in this vein okay. because Spotify, yeah. Actually, Spotify is taking a job away from you, John. Oh. Not, to, not to keep, you know, rubbing more salt in oh. Because I know you love to make your mixtapes. Oh, yes, yes. Spotify has debuted a personalized
0: AI DJ. Did you know that? I think I did see okay. something about this. I didn't read too far <laughs> into it because I don't use Spotify that much. Oh, but yeah. well,
1: okay. So, you know, your, your love of creating mixtapes yeah, and yeah. what you listen to. Well,
0: apparently there's an AI out there that well, can do that Well, to be fair, I mean, Apple you. Music kind of does that too. Like You can go, uh, this to, is true. You can go and find playlists and stations that have yeah. customized to your your, you know, oh, and then I'll give you like a tastes. recap of the year. Do you, yep. do you ever yeah. yep. yep. get your ultimate mixtape, which is mm-hmm. yep. yeah? Here's what Although I, I listened to. The problem with in mine is on Apple Music is that it also pulls in all the stuff that my son makes me listen to in the yeah. car over and yeah, over, yeah, over yeah, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like the first like 20 tracks are uh-huh. just now. Granted, he's he's like he likes to listen to some of my music and pick the stuff that he likes out of that. For I've made a playlist for him, mm-hmm. but that's all it is. Like the first half of my rap, you know, not not, <laughs> not Spotify rap, but like you know, the the Apple Podcasts, uh-huh. or Apple Music playlist for the year is all the stuff that's always on his playlist gotcha. that will always play Yes, in the car. right. Not yes. really representative of my taste, taste from the year. Your taste, yes. Still See, stuff I like, but it's also AI... stuff I'm kind of tired of. So yeah, it misses
1: the mark just a little yeah, bit. exactly. All right, here's my second right. one. Uh, we maybe have made scientists a little bit upset. Uh, So, you know, the balloons, I mean, I'm sure we've done it before. Can can we talk about the balloons? I know where
0: you're getting, we're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
1: right. We keep shooting down balloons and the scientists are like, Hey, would you stop shooting down (laughs) our balloons? Because who knew high altitude balloons, a scientist's guide to what's up there and why is now being published. And uh, I'll be darned. It just opened up my mind that there's a whole shoot ton of balloons Uh, out there. (laughs) there. Yeah. Not to mention that I think NASA Mm. Or somebody launches two a day, or like every hour, or something like. Wait a minute, here it is. Uh, by far, the weather balloons are launched twice a day simultaneously from 900 locations worldwide. Uh, and then they it goes on to just talk about just the amount of balloons right, that right. are actually being used. Are biodegradable? Blah blah blah. Right, right. You know, they go. NASA sends up 10 to 15 of them every single year, and they can they can apparently carry like. You know, three
2: school buses. Maybe, worth maybe of this stuff. was
0: China's actual goal is to just make us so paranoid about everything <laughs> that's floating around the sky. We just start shooting everything down.
2: I don't know about you guys, but la- like last year, my hometown had a hot air balloon uh, festival and looked really cool. Everyone's taking their Instagram photos, right? With all of these hot air balloons. But I don't know if I'm going anywhere near there
1: this <laughs> no year. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. So I yeah, think we got to cool our jets on the balloons, right? Because yeah, yeah. they do have some r- great qualities. I mean, how else yeah. are you just going to sit there and monitor something for a Right? And the thing
0: is, I didn't think about that because I, like everyone else, was going, what is going on here? Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden, one day I saw this random article. and all oh, I you saw, was you the saw headline. it too? Yeah, I don't right. know if it was the same one, but I saw a random headline. It says, such and such scientists concerned that, that their missing balloon may have been shot down. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. I'm like, that makes yeah. sense now. Yeah,
1: yeah the scientists, we've, we've really upset some of yeah. these weather scientists that and whatnot. That completely
0: makes sense. Like, yeah. oh, great. there's yeah. some people out there that are just out there. They're just, like, hey. It's doing t- the same thing they've been doing for like, decades. For decades. Yeah. Oh, now it's on the radar. And suddenly all of a sudden. it's a problem yeah. because we got you never scared hear of one about balloon. balloons,
1: but now yeah. we're shooting them down.
0: Anyway. Not to mention, <laughs> I mean, like there are these things called satellites. I I feel like they probably do a slightly better job than a they do. But balloon, I get the weather
1: balloon because balloon because. You oh, no, I'm be not talking about. Atmosphere. I'm talking about for the oh. spy folks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's got me scratching my head.
1: Yeah, I don't understand.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I'm with you there. All right, that's a good one.
1: Anyway, that's mine. What's tech connecting with
0: you? Let's talk very briefly here because I didn't dive that far into it to. Because I just didn't care that much. Okay. But uh, I don't know if you heard that Meta decided to announce their own verified system. <laughs> no. So obviously, no,
1: so if you're a person in the metaverse, well, no, I you, think it's um, like for Facebook potentially.
0: Okay. Like I don't even know if it's for the metaverse. Again, did not spend a lot of got time. It's it, one it, of those it, things. It, yeah. I saw a headline, did a brief bit of reading. It was like I just don't care because. <laughs>
2: Pay pay extra for that just so you can get the the multi factor authentication. Uh, Did yeah, you see that? so yeah, that's so uh, Twitter. That's so okay. if you
0: recall, Twitter obviously has had this whole because of their whole verified verified, yeah, and they completely changed the way. That, like the Twitter verification system, which used to be set up where you had to go through a vetting process if you were a celebrity or a news okay. person, okay. politician, whatever, got it. to officially verify that an account belonged to you, mm-hmm. and then you got that check mark on your account to indicate that this is a this is this actually is a, you a post, a tweet, whatever that came from you, the real person, whoever it is, and not the fifty other accounts that say they're you yeah. and aren't. Which was to me a fairly smart idea. A yeah, good yeah, 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 yeah. Well, of course, when Elon took over, one of the things he decided to change up is like, hey, we're gonna do this, but now we're gonna charge you for it. Right. So whereas before it was a free system, you just had to go through the vetting process. Got now it. it's like you gotta be vetted. Well, you don't really need to be vetted. You basically just pay us some money mm-hmm. and you and we'll give you that check to say you've been verified, verified. and give yeah. you some extra stuff. So meta's doing the same stuff. thing now? Meta's planning basically to do something similar. Uh, and essentially okay. what this comes down to to me, this feels to me like this is a and one more sign of the end of that version of social media. Oh, because yes. I, I, we've talked about this before. I yes. feel like the Facebooks and the Twitters, these mm-hmm. early social media platforms from the early two thousands, two thousand tens, that are starting to become a little archaic, starting mm-hmm. to get replaced by newer, hipper, younger stuff, mm-hmm. and are starting to become problematic for various reasons over time. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're on their way out, and this is some of their last de- desperate gasps of trying to figure out how can we continue to earn some more money. And now it's you to be, think it's gonna a money grab. Pay, I got us, it, got pay it. us to make to, to yeah. allow you to be officially verified as. As being who you You say you are, because we're not getting enough money from advertisers anymore. We're hemorrhaging users. Yeah, all those other reasons that they're probably not making the money that they want anymore. Mm -hmm. And this is their last attempt. Well, Wall Street's upset. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So this this was just one more thing. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Well, I mean, this is clearly your response to what Twitter is doing." And and you know, Josh, you just mentioned it. Like a big part of the Twitter problem is apparently they also announced anybody who had signed up, like now that like. Only if you signed up for that would you be allowed to have two two factor authentication anymore. Mm. And the, you know, I think you could
2: you could use a separate app for it for free. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I, apparently, this all of the text messages that we get to give us a code to sign into things apparently costs a lot of money. And I guess Elon started spending it there, I guess. And uh, they're saying, well, you can only use this type of verification if you're paying for it. But- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he
0: basically yeah. said, like, you know, yeah, it's it's costing us too much to send all these texts out to everybody. Yeah. Can
2: yeah, you yeah sorry right. me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's kind of I think where we you know where we're landing with this whole verify
1: Now all right, at, so, at this point. So, so I say well, I know you're off Facebook anyways, but it's yeah, safe exactly. to say You weren't gonna verify. No, yeah, I'm not. Ooh, I'm not. I how verify is, John
0: <laughs> sh- <man>. Yeah, she's, <laughs> sure. Because a lot of people really care about whether it's really me out there. So good stuff. Uh, all right, that's what's tech connecting with us, or not in the case or of Josh yes, for me. Right, yeah. uh, Josh Muntonek from AutoStar. Thank you so much for joining us
2: today. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. A lot of fun.
0: Uh, until next time, um, you know, yeah, go go get yourself verified, or maybe you know, maybe sign up for TechConnect Verified. Yeah, you you can only get the special secret episodes if you're signed up for TechConnect <laughs> right. Verified. Yeah, so it's we just a me and Dean talking about Star Wars. There you go. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. And as always, folks, please stay connected. Technic Podcast is brought to you by ELO. All right, Dean, we've been talking all about point of sale today. Let's, yep. let's talk about ELO's part of the point of sale okay. process here. They got good stuff. So, purpose built for point of sale, which, you know, yes. it checks out, yeah. the ELO E Series 2 offers a 15.6 inch touchscreen display, Intel's ninth generation Celeron processor, and an integrated expansion hub to connect the peripherals. Need. Nice. From cash drawers and printers to barcode scanners and payment devices, connectivity covers it all. Hmm. There you go. There you, you go. Got a whole solution you can drop right into play there. So Boom. for added flexibility, the E Series 2 offers models with Windows 10 or no operating system, providing businesses with the best solution to customize for their environment, covered by a three-year warranty. To learn more, contact your Blue Star Representative. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. All right, Dean, a barcode scanner is a barcode scanner, right? Well, yeah. I mean, we kind of had this whole podcast talking about one size fits all. is not, <laughs> not not the solution. No, so, no, that's, right. that's not the answer. Yes. Well, when your customer's choosing a scanner, what they're looking for are scanning abilities. Yeah. Can it scan dirty, damaged barcodes? Can it scan from long distances or up close? Can that's it survive right. harsh work environments or daily yes. wear and tear? Zebra anticipates every challenge when building their barcode scanner portfolio so they can scan anything, anywhere, no matter what. With over 50 years of field-proven innovation, Zebra delivers options for every purpose and price point, general use, ultra rugged, healthcare, in-counter, fixed mount, and more. No more issues, no more surprises, just consistent scans.
1: Exactly what I mean, you want.
0: I'm sure if you worked in retail these days, if something's not scanning, or or in, in warehousing, whatever it is, Miserable. like uh, smash yes, that Yes, exactly. Now it might be super rugged, so maybe you can't <laughs> smash it well. Enough, well, but, take you a hundred times. Yeah, but anyway, exactly. yeah, yeah. Uh, check out the link in the show notes to download Zebra's scanner brochure and find a selector tool to help you find the right hardware for any.